What is up, everybody? Joe Sib here with you from Rad Parenting with my co-host. And they have Vogue. Wow, my voice is a little sketchy today. Um, oh, do you notice that? I do, yeah. It's a little, little concerned. You're going to be okay? No, I'm going to be fine. Um, I ended up, I had a bunch of shows, and at the same time I was uh, out on the road, I got this like cold, and it cruised through my whole body, and then it just decided before it bailed, just to, just to settle in my throat. So it's Ew. right there, yeah. So, so I know the listeners right now are like, when did Barry White start hosting the show? <laughs> and he is back. No, that is not the case. And I haven't, my son said to me, he goes, dad, your voice sounds like you've been smoking. And I, and, you, know, you are not a smoker. I am not a smoker. No. Did any, did anyone, did you ever smoke? Did anyone in this room ever smoke? No. No. Okay. I mean, I, I, that's, that's a, that's a lie. No, I wouldn't, it was never a smoker. I would go to like, so in Canada, we have these things called socials, which are like usually fundraising dances and an excuse to go and drink and party when you live on the prairies in Canada and there's nothing else to do. And there were some cigarettes and, there. Yeah. And like, I'd be like, oh, I'll try that. But it gave me this really weird, like nauseous, yeah. lightheaded. Yeah. I was yeah. like, ew. Yeah. 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 I want to do a show at some point on, on the fact that I, I want, when I'm out at night, I know you see this is the these kids smoking again and it's yeah. just like I just when don't get it. I have when, teenagers yeah you know, yeah, I want to I want to intro our guest so she can jump in on our smoking conversation before <laughs> we jump into a topic that is really really cool today and for a lot of the dads out there you're going to be stoked because a lot of questions are going to be answered and um you're it, it's uh, it's a topic that we've talked about before but we've never really dove into and it was yeah. Anaya's idea so we're going to jump into it but really quick with the smoking it trips me out seeing, you know, young people. When I say young, you know, 25, you know, 22 with a, with a bogue in their hand. I'm like, are you really smoking? A bogue? I, you know, like smoke a bogue. You never said that? That's no. my name. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, I said, I did, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess you're right. Maybe you've smoked How would life. one spell that version of bogue? I never heard that either. You know? But uh, you know, have you heard uh, smoking a left-handed cigarette? That's where that's when you refer to smoking weed. Like, dude, he's got a left-handed oh, cigarette. Oh no. no! Am I like? Did I grow up in like you are the forties or something? Science. <laughs> okay. Jazz time. Here we go. <laughs> All right, Dr. Suzanne is back. You know that laugh. That's right. She is here. Uh, you haven't been here since. I, I know people are recognizing your laugh. Oh, uh, when you okay. walked in the, uh, the studio lobby, I heard you laugh. You heard me laughing. She's here. Oh, that's. I love that. That's so, my. Doc, welcome back to the show. Well, thanks for having me. And the last time we had you here was sometime during the summer. Yes, it was. And I don't know if you remember this, well, but your yeah. son was getting ready to go to college. It is a true story. How He's can you put there. the mic a little bit more in your? Yes, face? I can. Um, Hello. Just so that the parents that remember you from then, how hey, how is the first the semester going? We all survived. He's still there. When people ask me how's your son doing, I say that. He hasn't brought up that he wants to quit yet. Although he did. Oh, God, I hope he, well, he's not going to listen to this. But uh, <laughs> am I kidding? Um, <laughs> he did during finals. He just he's in his first set of finals. So okay. he, made it. he made it. He made it. Let's clap it out. He Woo! made it. Yeah. Was it hard home. having him away? No. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Suzanne right there. Loving my kids. <laughs> um, no, you know, but I, I was saying, here's the thing. He's there have been. Multiple reasons for him to have to come back to L.A. I okay. mean, some of which were legit. My dad's 80th birthday, Thanksgiving. I don't know, Kanye West. That didn't seem like a legit reason to come back to L.A. Because I felt like he, well, although now he won't be traveling and yeah. doing concerts for a while. I was while, just going to say he so saw. So maybe it was a good thing that he saw him when he did. Saw all six songs or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. He was at actually one of his shows that he did the whole show. Okay, great. Um, and he took his little sister. But just like he keeps coming home. The yeah. kid keeps coming home. Okay. Can I, you know what? Can I throw this out there? What I love about that? Because I used to go and visit my parents a lot when I 
when I first moved to Los Angeles, you know, from Northern California. Yeah. And, and I did that because, you, you know, you like them. And, yeah. and as much as, yeah. as much as you're not like, mom, dad, I love you. I just remember like, ah, oh, it's nice to be back yeah. in this familiar yeah. setting. Yeah. Yes. No, I think that's it. So but I think go. it was messing with his, his ability to kind of get used to being at college mm-hmm. and he was getting more homesick. But, you know, we talk about everything we talked about it. Yeah. I said, you know, maybe this is not a good plan. Mm-hmm. Like next semester, you're not going to do this. Okay. Okay. I mean, he's okay. There good. you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad we Thank caught up about asking. that. I had to. I had to. Yeah. First thing I thought about when I saw your lovely little face. Aww. Hey, for all of our listeners, um, exactly what type of doctor are you again? I am an obstetrician and gynecologist, so I take care of women at all phases of life. Can I tell you why I had you say that? Why? Because I cannot pronounce any of those <laughs> words. I can't. <laughs> I'm totally cheating. You could just say OBGYN. Yes, you can. There's so many initials in that that I I know. It's a lot. Yeah, OBGYN. It's a lot. Speaking of that, all right, today's show, going to steer us right into the direction. Uh, It's all about menstruation, a time in a woman's life that I'm going to throw out there. uh, Growing up as a man in society, I grew up in that time where, oh, dude, she's on her period. Oh, don't talk to her. Uh, you know, she's on the rat, all those terms that right. are just so negative. Yeah. Yep. And I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to say this growing up. I, my mom and, and I, you know, I had a sister. It was, it was never considered as an excuse that I would use that against them. Just, I grew up in a household like that. So being around other guys that would say, Oh, you know, she's, it's that time of month. I didn't really understand that. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously um, when I was dating, you know, women and then being, be getting married and becoming a, a father uh, for my daughter, that was the first time that someone really explained to me how beautiful and how amazing and how in other cultures that when a woman yeah. has her first period, how it's, it's celebrated. Right. Like, oh, sick. I know. You are like, impressive I know. this morning. I know. I know. <laughs> but, and I'm telling I like you, it. Yeah. And as much as I'm a terrible father in so many other areas, in this one particular area, <laughs> In this one particular area, like I just always, and it has a lot to do with my mom because I think she was such an independent woman that I never looked at her as weak Mm -hmm. because Mm. it was that time of month. Mm -hmm. And I also, I think, and sometimes I don't know how I do this. I was like, wow, you made me. And if that's the time of month that happens from being able to give this gift of life, then wow, that's a pretty amazing thing. You rock. Yeah. Like I always trip out when, um, when, when men talk about, uh, women in the workplace, well, you know, they have to take time off to have a baby. Yeah, as, if, have, as if it's yeah, and I'm like, dude, thing. they should get paid like a bonus for they're that. growing human beings. Exactly, like they're, yeah, they're making people. Yeah. All you're doing right. is taking up space and drinking coffee and watching <laughs> watching Fox Sports. Like, oh, what dear. did you do today? So, with all that said, I'm going to hand it over to Anaya because this was kind of your idea. So I'm going to let you kind of yeah. mold the rest of the show. Yeah, for so sure. So dads. Moms, uh, especially the dads, listen up. We got some good stuff. Yeah, and I'm really excited to have Dr. Suzanne here because I'm I'm I want you know our perspectives, though very complementary. We're coming from two a little bit different places that right. are both really important. Um, so there is an entire chapter of my book dedicated to this subject. So it's one of the nine ways that we screw up our girls is by perpetuating this idea that having a period, and I want to go beyond that, having a menstrual cycle, because this is something a lot of women are just like ob- oblivious to because we don't teach them that. It's really an entire cycle. Um, 
and and treating menstruation as something that is dirty or that is taboo like even by not speaking about it we right. send a really strong message about what that's all about is so detrimental to girls essentially because you cannot say that something that is a fundamental part of being female is dirty shameful taboo and not think that a girl is going to feel bad about being female because right. this is part of of, of her deal well, and it affects boys and men as well exactly and and so and that's how we want to bring everybody because that's the whole thing is like menstruation as a as a topic is something that is is not just about girls and boys and men who become aware and have a degree of comfort and uh just knowledge around the subject are in my opinion going to be better better partners better fathers better brothers etc um and to your point joe i mean it's kind of silly that we wouldn't be cool with that, given that it's really the 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 reason the 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 very function behind us being able to continue our species. The reason why we're right. all the, yeah, right. without that, that little thing, without that happening, we're not sitting in this room. It's that simple. That's right. You're right. not listening to this show. Uh, so let, let's let's dive into the first thing. I do want to dive into mm-hmm. is why is there a negative connotation about that whole the menstrual cycle well there's a where do you few, think that yes from? i can well i can tell you what you know from so my background uh um, educationally in terms of being like uh so my master's degree is in women's spirituality and so there's a fair bit of evidence to suggest that you know once upon a time cultures were very uh female centric and that women were actually revered in having a cycle so first of all oh my gosh she can bleed for several days and not die right. um there's some connection between this and her, you know, the fact that she can grow a whole new new human being, which makes her the closest thing to the creator. Mm. And therefore, there was this reverence of women and this re- sort of unbelievable power. There's also evidence to suggest that men actually created their own rituals in terms of like, uh, you know, cutting their genital area to create blood in that area so that they could mimic this mm. powerful. So uh, much something a women. dude would do. That's total dude. Okay. <laughs> Gosh. It sounds gotta, incredibly gotta step painful. Step it up. Gonna yeah. cut the penis so I'm better than yes, you. Yes, yes. So, so wow. you know, so all that? of all of that said, the suggestion historically is that when uh, things started to shift to being more male centric, so moving from viewing, uh, you know, God or the Creator as this uh, earth based. Um, you know, force that instead it was moving to this idea of being a sky god and and male being the focus. And so one of the ways of stripping women of that power was to shame their bodies, which mm. was really the source of, of this power and reverence. And so slowly over time, and there's a number of biblical refer- references, uh, Old Testament for sure, um, that suggest that this is a time that women are dirty, they are not to be touched, they are not to be laid with, blah, blah, blah. And so um, we have, you know, even the idea of um, the whole Garden of Eden and the, you know, the the curse that, the, you know, all, all of that. So what you're saying, what you're basically saying is, is that what started out as a powerful and huge, amazing moment in, in life and giving birth, mm-hmm. just basically 
got torn down and like a new PR person came in and said, right. hey, check it out. <laughs> this isn't as cool as you thought it was. Exactly. So let's make men awesome and women during this time. Oh, my God. Get them out of here. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. And we've just been conditioned as males to think, because, you know, as a comic, I even, you know, I, I can't stand it when a comedian does like a bit about, oh, it's that time of month in the house. I can't be, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm like, right. really? You know, so stereotypical and 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 but now it makes sense what you're saying. Right. We've been conditioned as men to to think it's a dirty time. That's right. And I think so and then when you have, you know, speaking of sort of like, you know, media and PR, when you have Midol, you know, about 10 years ago creating an ad campaign that was it's called the tagline was reverse the curse. We see like just even in mainstream society this perpetuation of this idea that it's a curse. Yeah. And you know, we we've had like so in our real girl workshops, we would do this thing where on the day that we were talking about bodies, we would go around the circle at the beginning before we did, and we do this in the, in this really powerful celebratory. Like our mission is to have girls leave the experience feeling like they have su- superhero bodies. So we do this little check in before, and like, what do you know? How do you feel about this? And then and then the the after, you know, how they feel after. And one of this is years ago. We had this workshop where one of the girls, she was about twelve, she said. Oh my gosh, you know, the only thing that I knew before today, I always felt like it was a bad thing. It was something I was supposed to keep secret because I had been told that I had a period as punishment for what Eve did in the garden. And I was like, wow, oh goodness, oh my goodness. So when you think about like everything from hardcore sort of religious programming to mainstream messaging, and then even just the like, you know, parents, generations of parents not being. Um, fully educated and certainly not educated in a positive celebratory way, particularly in our culture, um, they just don't talk about it. And that in itself carries a message because kids learn if this is something that we're not supposed to talk about, that must mean there's something wrong with it. Well, and there's fear. Anytime something is mysterious and unknown, it is is frightening and produces anxiety. So that's not... That's never a good place to start. Be, it's being not. On the, oh, I was just going to say, being on the front lines, Dr. Suzanne, with young girls coming in and stuff, what what, what are you coming in contact with right now when a I mean, I don't see a ton in? of really young girls. Actually, it's interesting. I see, I see a fair amount of adolescents and teenagers, and um, I do occasionally see younger kids because pediatricians will send them to me for various reasons. Or I have a lot of moms who ask me, how to address or deal with their younger girls. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, all the time, that's fine. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, I think that's a legitimate use of the resource. So I'm, I, a pediatrician's point of view would be really interesting too. But for me, for sure, I can speak, I mean, I'm, I have a lot more, I think I have a different level of comfort, obviously, this is what I do. And I'm more open. And it's also interesting sometimes to see the pattern of referrals from some of my pediatric colleagues because clearly some of them are just like, ah, you know, like big (laughs) red X. Like I do not vagina, big no. You know, like they just (laughs) don't want to deal, which is fine because if they can't and that's the energy they're going to bring to the encounter, then it's better that they send them to me. I actually did have a a young girl yesterday who wasn't a period-related thing, but it was this thing. And, And I'll tell you, I think for me... The best thing about that encounter was a couple of things. One was to see, and, and she was from uh, a religious, you know, from an or- she was Orthodox Jewish, mm-hmm. and it was really awesome to see her mom's approach and her mom's relationship with her around all of this, which was not shaming in any way, shape, or form. So that was really cool mm-hmm. for me to see. 
But also for me to have like the sense of humor with her about stuff and just keep it light and polite, yes. you know, which was really normalizing for her. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt good about that as an adult woman, not just as a physician, but as an adult woman to have this experience with her where, oh, my God, she's 12 and she's coming to the gynecologist and what that's going to be about. And ugh, and instead of it being I mean, how many times have I heard from adult women that they were traumatized by their early experiences at the gynecologist specifically. And a lot of it had to do with their own fear and shame coming in Mm -hmm. and their own lack of knowledge about their own body, what the encounter was going to be about, just lack of preparation. And um, I'm sure some of it had to do with the physician, him or herself, because our training doesn't focus on often the psychological aspects, especially of youth and who's coming to us, how much do they know, how do we make them feel comfortable Um, so, you know, we have our own discomforts about things and that's obviously going to become apparent in how we manage the encounter and the tone that we set. But a lot of it is if, if, if you come to me and you're really, really uncomfortable, I could be as comfortable as I am, but you're, you're traumatized before you came in the room. Well, and here's the thing is that we know, like the data tells us that there are women who will not go to the gynecologist or will put it off and therefore potentially put their own health in jeopardy because there is so much anxiety around this. And also the experience that Dr. Suzanne said right now is a nightmare for them to go through. You know, if they're not with the right person that isn't isn't connecting the two aspects, like yeah. you just said, the the mental part of it, the physical part together. Yeah. yeah. Why would you ever? I mean, think how hard it is to go to the dentist. You have That's people right. walking around. I mean, right. I couldn't imagine right. as a woman. Right. It's one thing to go in there and get your mouth looked at. Yeah. And people thing. aren't aware, Joe. That's the other thing. The other really really big thing is that those women. I mean, I definitely over the years have had many women who've come to me saying. Um, I haven't ever, I've never had an exam or it's been 12 years since Mm. these are people who are aware they have awareness. They had an experience, whatever is going on with them and they're aware and they're bringing it to me. I mean, that's a lot easier to deal with. A lot of people come in, they're clueless. They're not even connected to their own feelings about it. And I think that's more of a cultural, uh, like a big cultural thing, which then gets sort of manifest and demonstrated and reflected in the family systems and it's just such a huge 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 thing those people are harder to deal with because they don't they don't even they're not even mindful okay when you say that i gotta think about a listener right now that might be like that's me right and and right you know do you say don't feel bad yes all the time people come in and they report on themselves like it's a confessional (laughs) no all the time no no seriously six months since my last no no that's exactly no all the time i mean i mean the whole thing and i'm jewish Mm -hmm. but i'm just imagining i'm a catholic it's like whatever my fantasy of what that would be yeah i think it's been 12 years bless me dr suzanne and i'm like whatever you're here now yes like awesome what made you decide to come in you're here like what do I care? Who cares about what happened? So they, yesterday? there is a bit of guilt for not. Oh yeah, well because people know that they should take care of themselves. Yeah. But, but the fear and anxiety is overriding. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah well, yeah, and yeah. here's the thing: the bigger picture. And I, it's really important to me that people that, that the parents hear this is that so there's the direct you know impact that we're talking about with Dr. Suzanne in terms of like what about when women don't go and get right. exams that they need right. regularly to Can make just, sure that they're okay? I need to. Here you tell me what that what's why what happens. I mean, it depends on what the issuer is not is not. I mean, I think the baseline issue to me is it's uh, it's about self care. It's about 
someone being able to take care of themselves and to care enough about themselves to get medical care. So that's a, to me, that's the overriding issue right there. I'm far more concerned about why do you not think that you're enough? Why do you think that you don't deserve to have medical care? Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let me try to, I mean, and if you're going to walk in the door, I'm going to try and undo that in some subtle or maybe direct way. And a lot of that's just going to be me reading the person and reading the room that, and that's, I don't even know how I tell somebody how to do that. I just know that I, I know that I do do that. So that's, that's the bigger thing, but people may have a problem. They may be having abnormal bleeding. They may have an undiagnosed medical issue. Mm -hmm. Um, they may be having sex and not using protection. They may not understand how to get pregnant or not to get pregnant. I mean, they may have uh, they an may, STI. They may have exactly. HPV that is just like running rampant right, that could right. be addressed and, and cut off I mean at by the past early on. Right. right. There, and exactly. And there are things that are, are not an issue that could become an issue because it wasn't dealt with. Um, a lot of times people will come in because there is something wrong and they just can no longer ignore it. They're having heavy periods and they can't manage. They're having pelvic pain, whatever it is, you know? So, so I'm, I obviously I'm concerned about people not taking care of a specific problem also, but at a certain point it's like, I mean, I couldn't even go through the list of things. You you name it. It it, it could be a thing. They have a mass in their breast. You know, people also, when people get fearful, they lock down and they, not everybody, but some people, their coping strategy is to pretend it's not there. Oh, yeah. And that's when you hear these stories about grandma didn't come in until she had, that's you know, right. metastatic blah, blah, cancer. Yes. You know, it's all over her body because she just wasn't well, there's uh, that connected. Whole, yeah. There's that her whole body. Yeah. You know, and Ignor- that's what you were talking about. You're that's not right. connected with your body. You don't honor your body. You don't think your body and yourself are worth the time and the effort of another person who's an expert. Now you could have a really serious medical problem that could have been dealt with in this way and now it's going to have to be dealt with in that way or it right. wasn't serious and now it is or it wasn't life threatening and now it is right. I mean well, that's, a, lot that's of people, a real thing a lot of people want to live in the ignorance is bliss of course. vibe and uh, I, 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 I can say that sometimes I'm that guy but <laughs> when it comes to health you know well most guys are that yeah guy. you know but I'm, I'm also <laughs> a fan of with sorry with, yeah I mean yeah I, I think that just comes along with the territory because like I think people just get nervous about it I want to go sure. back I want to go back to um, when a woman has her period, right. um, just for the dads out there, what age does that start at? Well, I mean, that, I mean, that, that normal age has yeah. actually changed. Mm-hmm. Okay. It used to be more like 11, 12, 13 was considered sort of the lower end of normal. And that number has been moved down to nine. Why? Well, good question. And and that is, I think, a little bit um, an issue of the, the tail wagging the dog, to be perfectly honest, because... We're not 100% certain why that age of menstruation, menarche is what we call it, when you first get your period, why that has gotten lower. I mean, I think those of us who are, I think a lot of us are suspicious that there's endocrine disruptors in in our food Mm -hmm. supply and some, you know, and those are things that are um, things like pesticides that can actually have a hormonal impact. So are we exposing ourselves and our children? inadvertently to things that are changing their hormonal system. Mm -hmm. Some of it could also be nutrition. You know, we're the most well-nourished, you know, generation on the planet. And so if you have enough fat production, you're going to have enough steroid hormone production, which is going to turn on the menstrual cycle from the brain, talking to the reproductive organs earlier in life. I don't think we know, but I know because that has happened, there's been a demographic shift. The, all the pediatric organizations, whatever they are, 
moved that normal age down. So that's interesting. I have to say I'm not seeing a ton of it. Again, I'm not a pediatrician, so I don't. I wouldn't end up dealing with a nine year old. But um, that that's sort of a side note. But just how so people are, the, are not freaked out. How but old are the girls? Kid, are the girls you are coming? You could go up in. to fourteen to sixteen before you're getting okay. a cycle too. So if you have, you know, some of it's going to be dependent on mom's um, history, mm-hmm. on other women in the family's history, sisters, uh, grandmothers, aunts, that kind of thing. Uh, body type, how much fat you have on your body. Um, are you an athlete? Are you a dancer? There's a lot of there's a, a wide variation, and then it starts getting into other issues like nutritional status, uh, social status, stress level, eating. You know, if you have a 16 year old that isn't menstruating yet, it does not necessarily mean that she's got an eating disorder. But you know, you kind of have to have that little. There should be a yellow flag going up. You know. Yeah. If you've got a kid who's a runner and she's, you know, an super athlete, low body flat. Yeah. Fat, and yep. she's exercising four hours a day mm-hmm. and not in a restrictive, crazy way, but like that's her life. She may not get her period mm-hmm. early. You know, if you've got a more plump round kid, um, she might get her period earlier. Yeah. So, so let's talk sense. a little bit about um, the importance of girls learning about their bodies and about menstruation uh, early, yeah. prior to menstruation. Yeah. And then I want to go back to you and have you, from sort of a medical perspective, talk to listeners about, you know, here are some of the things that you can look for that are going to be signs that, that precede uh, right. the onset right. of menarche. Right. So um, first of all, we know, so research uh, very strongly suggests that when girls learn about menstruation before they have started menstruation, and this is something that I get a lot of pushback with the work that I do, is parents, based on this program we were talking about at the beginning of the episode, um, have this idea that like, oh, my daughter starting her period means the loss of her innocence in some way because they want to associate. And there, of course, there is some association between menstruation and, and sex, but to to approach it that way or to avoid it because you're like, I don't want to have the sex talk. And if I have to do that because I'm having the menstruation talk, forget that. We're putting it off. So um, it's really important that 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 parents understand, A, that it can happen. And it's becoming right, more common right. to start at nine because you have a lot of parents going, oh, I've got to tell, you know, what, 11, 12, 13, and they do nothing. And all of a sudden this girl is at school, yeah, gets her period, yeah. and she's freaking yeah, out because yeah. nobody's told her anything. Yeah. I mean, they don't even do the talk still, which is really not adequate until about fifth grade health class. Right. So girls are on average 10 by the time they're in fifth grade. So you right. can see that there's a great possibility that there's, there's going to be girls. There's a gap right there that all of a sudden they get their period at school. That's right. Well, but also, and we'll get to that. I don't want to hijack what you're saying. I mean, girls that are going to get a period earlier are going to have some other signs earlier too, which is also can be very distressing for them and for their parents because it's confusing and scary. And why do I look different than the other girls? And it can be very isolating socially and, um, you know, uh, so why don't you just help talk about what those are right now? Since well, so, you so the, the main there. things are starting to grow pubic hair. Actually, a lot of times it'll start in the underarm first mm-hmm. and then maybe in the genital region and what we call breast bud development. So those little tiny boobies, you know, mm-hmm. those start happening. Um, and you know, I think because we do have an obesity problem in, in this country, I think the breast bud thing can be a little confusing because yes. you could just be chubby too. But and then of course high, there's higher estrogen levels in girls that have more body fat. So we're kind of going down. I don't want to go down that mm-hmm. rabbit hole, but that we have to put that out there. So um, that that could be something that 
a child might notice or a mom or a parent, yeah. primary parent, uh, caregiver, mom, dad, whoever is around might notice. I mean, this gets so fraught and it gets so complicated with other things. Here's the other side of it. And, you know, you we have kids, right? I mean, you mm-hmm. have a kid younger than my kids. Yeah. But I, you know, so my younger one, I mean, I've talked about my kids on the show a lot, my 16 year old daughter, they, they, they also have access to information that we didn't have and that their parents don't have. And their parents think they have a, know what they're doing mm-hmm. on their smart devices and they don't. And some of it's good. Some of it's really good. I found with my daughter and that her cohort, and I mean, yes, she's being raised by a gynecologist who would go on a podcast and say vagina in public and all that stuff, which is not normal. (laughs) I get it. But but, so some of that might be part of it. But she's super aware and she's very empowered. And this is a generation of of girls and young women that are far more empowered about their bodies, about what their bodies do, about body shaming about who they are in the world and the boys a lot of the boys are if they're paying attention and they want to have anything to do with these girls that's right they are too so it's a little bit of a different generation but you do still have the issue beach there's always a generation gap right so this is this generation's generation gap the parents may not be quite on board and the parents are transmitting their anxieties where the daughter is like whatevs mom like i already know about the hpv vaccination or you know what i mean or about my periods coming Mm -hmm. but then the issue starts becoming a family issue because mom or dad is anxious and doesn't want to deal and the kid is like um why are we not paying attention to this you know it's it's not always maybe what we would think. Right. Right. So when you say that right there, that that gives me the feeling of good news. That's yes. the good news, right? Yes. I think it's the I good definitely news. think, I think that there is a shift. Yeah. 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 I know in my household that's definitely the case. My daughter is definitely uh way more in touch with her body and who she is as a woman or becoming a woman. Uh and it makes it makes these kind of conversations yeah. that we're talking about yeah. way more like Dad, yeah. I already know about that. Right. Next thing. Yeah. So, so, so a couple of things. So let's make sure, cause I want to make sure that we get, we get this in. Yes. Uh, first of all, uh, again, really important that girls learn ideally before they start t- to menstruate. Uh, just like anything. Yes. It's better on the you way. You wouldn't like be like, Hey, here's a bike. Good luck with that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so Anaya, teach her Anaya, how to use the bike. Anaya always uses a surf analogy. You wouldn't just you throw someone out the there. Surf no, you came up with that when we first started the show. You said you wouldn't let someone paddle out and surf that never surfed before. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll take credit for Claim that. that. I'm and pretty sure it was you. the thing is we want them to have good information, correct information, okay. right so information. So let's talk about that. Yes. So let's talk about that. Not, we'll get into the information yeah. and then- All information uh, is not equal. And okay. So first of all, and this is, a, I mean, I also work with women and I'm sure that you they're coming through your, your office. So it is staggering to me how many, speaking about the generation difference, how many adult women have no idea that beyond that five to seven day period, there is, you know, three other phases that make up this entire menstrual cycle when your hormones are shifting and they impact your mental clarity, your verbal clarity, um, your glucose levels. There's times of of the cycle when you want to make sure you're brushing extra times a day because the decay on your teeth can be greater. There's times of the month when your uh, pain tolerance is greater or lesser. There are women that don't know about ovulation. Like there are two or three days in the month that you are most likely to get pregnant and if you don't know that by the same token if you do it's awesome right and And i'll throw this in there right now 
So many dads that are listening right now, they know about some of this stuff. So many of the guys that are listening to the show, some of these ovulation. Yeah, I've heard about that. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. There's like some of these topics that you're talking about, they're aware of, but I would say a lot of it, they're not. Right. And that I want to try to just at least where can a guy get information so that he's not out of the loop, you know, especially well, if, is... you know, you have daughter or you're, you know, you're getting married, you have this partner in your life. How can you not be in touch with this crazy journey that a woman has right. to go through every right. month? Yeah. I mean, gets to go through. Gets to, gets gets to, go, to, go, through. Gets to go through. Hey, I'll say gets to go through. You're absolutely right. But also that's a tough thing to go through. Well, I here's mean, the difference. But here's the difference. Yeah. The degree of toughness, I would argue, and with, with a few exceptions, because there are some women that have difficult cycles, difficult periods, and it's, you know, but on average, the, di the difference between it being a tough ride or kind of a wow ride is, is accurate information about what your body's doing so when you're in the fourth phase so like that phase right before i call it the premenstrual phase right before you're going to start your period again there are a lot of women that are just like oh my god like i don't like myself i don't like anybody else am i going crazy i have girls all the time that will come in and say i think i might be bipolar and the first question i ask them is let's look at when the first day of your right. last period and they right. look at me like i'm crazy right. and the minute right. that i educate them right. so the way that they hold that feeling of like oh my gosh you know yesterday i was on top of the world and today not so much am i crazy am i bipolar whatever and the minute that they understand that that's what's going on they can care for themselves it goes back to right, that self-care right. thing in a way that is working with their bodies that is there are strengths in every single phase of your cycle is what we teach our girls and if if you know that you're literally your physical experience there's data to suggest that the way that a woman's cycle and specifically her period manifests physically has a connection to how she views mm. and feels about about menstruation, mm -hmm. you know, as a thing. Um, so, so that's, there's a whole bunch of information that, you know, can, we can make available. And as I said, well, there's in your an book, entire a chapter great, a great source. in my and book. And I have to say, a lot of the apps that are out there yes. are fantastic. And do you know that- Can you Joe, throw that, some of them out there? I mean, um, Clue is a great one. Uh, period Tracker is a great one. Yes. There are I a use couple, the Period Horoscope and it is I was just awesome. going to bring that one up. I was just going to bring that one up. That's the other one. It's because so Because she good. talks a lot about- um, the kind of psychological and cognitive implications of estrogen rising in the first That's half right. of the cycle and clarity, and this is a good time to negotiate a contract, that kind of stuff. It, it's not magic, it's science. It's yes. actually physiologic. But here's the cool thing that I, I know is because I use Clue, and um, there you can share it with people. So you could share it with your partner, partner. male yep. or female. Whether And that's whether or not you're trying to get pregnant. I'm going to be totally honest with you. My last two relationships, especially not this one, but the last one, he absolutely knew my cycle. Yes. Because when in the first cycle that I had, I have insane PMS. I get really dark. I mean, like really, really dark. And mm -hmm. I know it. Mm -hmm. So that was the first time he he noticed it and i said i need to share this with you mm -hmm. and then he knew and it was actually great because he'd be like babe is your so you're gonna get your period yeah yes i am okay just need okay yes just because and then they no can judgment. adjust themselves we were exactly. in love we were in a relationship i was i was ready you know like gonna yes. pick a fight or or whatever it was that that that's a way to embrace it 
and not Once again, be ashamed. good news. Good news. Exactly. Yeah. I did not know about and these apps. I, before mm-hmm. we split again, you got to say all those apps again. I'm going to. Well, there's a lot. There's tons of Yeah, there's of so them. many. But yeah. we're, but what we're love, saying, we're, Suzanne we and I are, yeah, familiar. I mean, I use the clue. period horoscope. Yeah. You're saying clue. clue. Period tracker is another good yeah. one. Um, yeah, there, there's lots of resources out there that will take you through every day of your yeah. actual cycle yeah, and it'll great. give you, and you a little plug in data points and stuff. And I use it with my patients all the time. Yeah. Cause here's the other thing I want to say about that. The idea that you're going to have this fixed cycle is of course not accurate. Mm-hmm. And, and it's interesting in early adolescence or these early pre-adolescents even more so they're going to have a lot more confusion, partly cause it's such a big change in their body and it's such a big shift in who they are going to be as a human on this planet, but also because they're not regular. Yes. So they aren't able to appreciate any patterns yet. And they're all over the place. And then, of course, in my age group, it starts happening again. Am I getting a period? Am yeah. I not getting a period? What's going on with my mood? What's going? So yeah. you you can't you have this whole like sweet spot of like twenty five years in your life where you know it might shift and change, but you kind of know who you are if mm-hmm. you're if you're keyed into it and you're willing to sort of uh, approach it. But there in the beginning and the end, it starts to get really wonky. There are opportunities to pay more attention, to be mindful, to enlist other people who are supportive in your life. Yeah. Your friends, your loved ones, your partners, your physician. Your physician yes. is there to help explain those things and get you through. And if he or she is not, not, maybe time to change. Right. Just saying. Because I think it's such an important, right. it's a very, very, I mean, I, I'm I'm super comfortable in so many ways. And it is still a very vulnerable experience. Yeah. You know, I'm thankful to have you, Suzanne, which, you know, is a thing unto itself that we can <laughs> But no, it, it is. It's, it's you sort of treat it like this, like, oh, we're going to like we're having a little chat. It just may it's just right. really like comforting. And that's a big thing that we want girls and women to feel comfortable doing yeah. is going to see even if it's just like a maintenance check, like just to make sure that I'm OK. It's really important. Yeah. And then the broader thing that I have to say before we go that parents, I think, you know, every parent wants their daughter to to feel safe and to know when she needs to protect herself. And it is a fundamental truth and I will like I would put my life on it that when girls establish a strong healthy relationship with their body which largely comes through having positive informative you know in like just really informative uh, stuff to carry with her she is much more likely to love her body to want to take care of her body and to want to protect her body which brings us to whole a whole bunch of other things like you know we're going to do a show soon about consent it's like you can't expect a girl to feel like she has agency over her body and can say who touches her how he or she touches her you know how people speak about her body if she does not have a fundamentally healthy relationship with her body but it all goes back to starting with the parents with educating themselves yes as well as educating yes. their kids if you're not educated yourself on a on on a topic like this that's right and haven't taken the time to research it and hopefully by doing this show that that's my whole thing that Anae and I always talk is that someone out there today was like oh my gosh I never thought I'd click on the menstruation show I just did right. and now yeah. I get it because the one thing that I, I always say is that don't feel bad that maybe it wasn't your strength, this topic as a parent, because I feel like we're inundated with so many, oh, yeah. I got to make sure we're great at school. Yeah. I got to make sure that I get him the sports. Got to make sure he's tested for his vision. Got to make sure he's tested for his reading. Yeah. Got to make sure that she knows what a period is. And you don't have you know? to have a and, master's degree in this. Okay. Here's the other thing is I'm sitting here thinking about it and it's such an intimidating topic because it does it get into 
you know, tangentially into sexuality and other stuff that just parents just, we don't love talking about that with ourselves, let alone with our but, kids. But can I tell but you? But it's okay. It doesn't have to be perfect. I, so much. I think if you just bring it up and even if you're awkward and you're like, oh my God, this is so awkward, you're acknowledging it. That is such yeah. a huge validation of this your is kids awkward experience. for me. I don't want I, it to be awkward for you. Right. So I'm trying to do what my parents didn't do. I mean, there's just right. so many opportunities. It's t- totally okay. You're modeling like actual adult behavior yes that's accountability yeah progress yeah. not perfection yes you know come on well like, done we don't have to uh. yeah I and, always and, I, I always say is it, I'm sorry to interrupt you yeah no, no go, I was go, just go. gonna say for the dads out there I I know when something's important and that it means that I gotta learn and discuss it with my kids it's because it gets awkward anything that means anything that means anything in this world is awkward mm-hmm. anything you do yeah. in mm-hmm. life you know mm-hmm. the, the, you want to be a singer yeah it's awkward going out on stage mm-hmm. you want to be the person on the sport hey I'm going to play basketball I'll play football yeah it's awkward trying out that's because you know why it means something if you pull it off and I feel like with raising our kids when I know whenever I blow it off like oh yeah yeah I'm going to talk to them about that later it's because Joe you feel awkward talking about a, B, and C with them. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. damn. And that little voice goes, you know what? That means that it's time. That means it's time. Yep. And I'll tell you right now, these conversations, you guys, and I know Anaya and I know Dr. Suzanne, we can share with all the parents out there that have maybe the three-year-olds and the four-year-olds or the 10-year-olds. All these conversations about sex, they always come at the craziest times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, was watching the, I was watching the World Series and I got asked one of the craziest questions that I ever thought I would get asked as a father. And I remember I, I literally kept repeating the question. Someday we should do a show yes. on it. And I literally got to go, okay, World Series is going to take a break right now. I know we're in the best series of you know we've seen in 30 years. Okay, we're going to talk about this. for some reason, my son wants to know about this right now. Right now. Yeah. And the question, you know, and I remember we answered it and, and I was like, wow, here's one of those parenting moments right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, Dr. Suzanne, where can anyone find you on the social media? On I know you Twitter okay. and Instagram, I'm uh, at Ask Dr. Suzanne, no Great. punctuation. And I'm on Facebook if you just, I don't know, put in Dr. Suzanne Gilbert Lens. And I'm happy to engage and hear what you guys have to say. And any yeah. questions that you guys want to go directly to Dr. Suzanne, if you just email us at radparenting yes. at gmail.com, we will forward them on to Dr. Suzanne. And we had a few last time, so if you guys want to do that again, radparenting at gmail.com. Uh, I want to thank Dr. Suzanne so much for coming in here. It's always a blast always having you in here. I learned so much. Yeah. I learned so much. Anaya, uh, I had a really good show. Um, I want to thank you for bringing up this topic. This Th- was t- thank you. you. Dro- you and and we've done like an abbreviated version. Again, I want to just like encourage parents, nine ways we're screwing up our girls and how we can stop. There's an entire chapter with like a whole set of tips at the end, like different steps you can take, information. The chapter itself will be helpful in terms of information for you. It'll have resources about where you can go to get more and then actual steps you can take with broaching the subject with your own children. Um, so I really encourage parents to check and you it know out. what we're gonna get rad right now because the show is called rad parenting and i'm gonna say this right now uh the first like can we i'm gonna say that we're the first 10 people to email us right now we'll give away two of your books sure what do you think about that yeah okay yep. so email us at rad parenting at gmail.com and you'll have an email in there and then I'm going to pick two winners and I'm going to send the books. Awesome. All right. I want to thank you guys so much. Uh, thank you so much for checking out Rad Parenting. My name is Joe Sib. And Anaya Bo. And our guest. Dr. Suzanne. And we're out of here. Late. Late.